Hello, welcome back to the Life Learners Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well today. Welcome to episode 102, or I think we're something in the 20s for this year. Um, today we're going to be talking about two things. A really great article that was posted on Hodinkee. I'll put a link in the show notes to this article so you can take a look at it about the Omega Speedmaster Chronoscope, which I think is a pretty interesting watch to talk about conceptually and sort of as a vintage enthusiast. And then I also wanted to talk about a book that I got in recently that uh, is, is now being shipped by my favorite company, MBNF. It's called uh, The First 15 Years, and it's a, it's a great catalog of the watches and first 15 years of, of, the, of the brand. So those are the things I'm going to be talking about today in the podcast. So um, I'll, I'll start off with the article about the Omega Speedmaster because I do think it's a pretty interesting um, interesting watch. So Omega Speed Omega is known for their Speedmaster. I think it, you're, it's pretty evident um, to any watch collector that the Speedmaster is a huge part of the Omega lineup. In the recent years, they've released so many different um, versions of the Omega Speedmaster and limited editions and little small iterations here, vintage inspired pieces. Um, and so it's become a, 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 an integral part of of um, the modern lineup of, of watches that Omega produces. Uh, late last year, they announced that they were releasing a different type of Speedmaster called the, the Omega Speedmaster uh, Chronoscope, which is a chronograph, but has um, some instruments and a, a different dial layout than the other um, Speedmasters. So, um, I'll describe the watch a little bit for right now, and then I'll um, sort of give you my thoughts on it. So this is essentially um, a very similar case um, to a classic Omega Speedmaster. It's got a black, um, it's got a um, your normal chronograph uh, pushers at, at um, two and four o'clock. You then got a two dial, uh, two register, um, two sub dials one counting the seconds, one counting the hours. And then this is where it gets a little bit interesting. Instead of having uh, you know, a pretty plain or black dial, you actually end up with a white dial. Um, there's two versions of this piece. There's one with blue accents and one with black and red accents. But the basics are Omega Speedmaster dial, except you actually have our um, numerals or our numbers. So you have 12, one, two, uh, you have all numbers except for three and nine, and these are in the color that the accents would be. So if if I said if it was the black and red accents, the numbers are in black. If the watch uh, has the blue accents, it has blue uh, applied uh, hour markers. You then have some very interesting sort of circles on the dial, and essentially what you have is a tachymeter, a telemeter, and a uh, pulso- uh, pulsometer. To describe those a little bit more, I'll, I'll sort of um, explain them. So, um, uh, tachymeter is uh, an instrument uh, to quickly determine the uh, distances, bearings, and elevation of a distant object in surveying or a speed indicator. That is um, on the bezel and is found on other um, iconic versions of the Omega Speedmaster. You then have a telemeter, which is an instrument for measuring the distance of an object from an, obs- from an observer. And that is what you find on the, the dial that um, uh, is, is, is um, on the outside of all of these circles that you'll see on the, on the actual dial. I encourage you to pull up um, the article while you uh, listen to this so you can see this um, 
so you can see the, the images of this. You then have a pulsometer, which is a watch with a special dial used by physicians in determining the uh, a pulse rate. And that is also around the center of the, of the dial of the watch with circular, um, with circular readings on it. So you've got, um, you know, as you can tell, Omega was going for creating a watch that has some sort of instrumentation on it, which um, I think goes back to the original reason why these watches were released. Obviously, you know, tool watches, they need to be used for um, certain, um, for certain reasons, and one of those being um, the utility that, that, that it comes with. These, um, these uh, different ways of uh, measuring are uh, famous on many other uh, iterations of the Omega Speedmaster from their past. There are, there's obviously um, Omega Speedmasters with a telemetry dial or a telemetry bezel. Um, there's also uh, versions with a, a, a pulsation bezel and a tachymeter bezel. Um, but this watch kind of combines the history of the Omega Speedmaster and their uh, ways of measuring certain things into one uh, specific watch, which I think is quite interesting, um, to, to say the least. So the overall aesthetics of this piece obviously are sort of casting themselves into the vintage world because you don't really see these complications on modern pieces very often. We have other ways of doing these types of measurements. And so you don't really see these types of instrumentation on the dials of watches that are modern. So obviously you're, you start thinking about sort of how this compares to some of the vintage pieces that have been released um, by the brand or other brands that use these, um, use this, um, this dial configuration or, or measurements um, on, on, on their watches. Um, so, um, yeah, you've got all three, all three of these me measurements on this watch. So you obviously are thinking vintage here. And, and I think Omega is doing that. They're pulling from their archives, releasing some vintage inspired modern pieces, which I think is a good thing. And, and also, um, I, I think it's great to pay tribute to what you, your brand did previously and pull out things that your brand did really well, which I think Omega is doing with this, uh, chronoscape or chronoscope, excuse me. <clears throat> um, but I've spoken about this. Um, quite a bit on, on Life on the Wrist and the idea that, you know, this is great. I think it's a great tribute, but only doing this um, is where things can get a little bit, um, a little bit scary um, because you're not really innovating. You're, you're, you're releasing things that have already been released and not, you know, I guess um, pushing things forward for, for your brand. Now, I, I understand, you know, Omega is a watch of great heritage and making sure that they... Um, continue to respect their heritage is very important. So I, I totally get that. I find it interesting though that they combine all three of these into one specific watch. This watch, um, I don't think there are many watches out there that have all three of these measurement scales on a single watch. And to do this is um, obviously paying tribute to their history in one watch. But I actually think it would have been kind of interesting to, I don't know, maybe a limited edition for um, each of the different versions of this of the Speedmaster with these different, um, you know, three different uh, versions of it. One for a uh, pulsation uh, dial, a telemetry dial, and a tachymeter dial. I don't know. Something like that would have been kind of interesting instead of putting them all into one because it almost feels like you're sort of, I don't know, shoving it all into, 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 into one watch. That's really the basics. But 
for uh, 8,650 US dollars, this is a really attractive uh, price point. You're getting um, great heritage from Omega, a well-produced, um, well-produced, well-proportioned watch that pulls on a lot of the great things that you um, um, people um, desire from from Omega. Omega. It's running on a coaxial caliber 9980. Um, manual wind movement so a phenomenal movement that you're getting in it and so for that price point i think it's a really attractive place to to go if you're interested in speedmasters i'm sure speedmaster collectors have picked these up um and have them part of their collection because they are let's say a little bit on you know they're, they're an interesting version of the speedmaster that um isn't the sort of the basics so pretty cool watch i'll put a link in the show notes there's more information about where all of these um all of these measurement scales appeared on Omega Speedmasters, so uh, I definitely encourage you to read through that article, and great job, uh, Hodinkee. The next thing I wanted to talk about is a book that I got in. So um, quite a few months ago, uh, I was on the MBNF um, e-store, and I saw that they had a catalog that they were releasing. Well, they had on pre-order, and so of course I jumped on it, and it's basically a book about the first 15 years of the brand, and I'm not going to, um, you know, give a full-on editorial of the whole book, but I, I wanted to just talk about um, what I got and, and why I think it was a really um, great, great thing. So it comes in this sort of um, black, it feels like foam, but it's very, very durable um, uh, case, sort of black case, where it says MBNF, the first 15 years, a catalog, uh, Raisonné of MBNF watches by Suzanne Wong and Williams Messina, two great names in the watch world. If you look along the left side, where typically you s sort of have the spine of the watch, it's, it has those exact, exactly the same things, except it has the date 2005 to 2020, which is also, I think, a nice little touch there. You then open up the, the box, and you have this really beautifully put together black book. Um, that has similar text to the, to, um, the box that I kind of mentioned this watch comes in. And, um, and, uh, and really, I mean, um, silver sort of um, glossy uh, texture to the, um, to the pages on the outside reminds me of encyclopedias. And essentially the, what this book does is walks through the, the first 15 years of the brand. And so it has a really interesting sort of comic book uh, layout as you sort of open it and um, then then really dives into the watch uh, into the watches that MBNF sort of produced. Um, there's a little message from Max in, in the in the front of the text about how he um, has always uh, you know tried to get into um, or he's been he's been pushed by many people to write a book and and I think this is some way in some way answering that. The book then has sort of like an introduction where Mac, uh, the book talks about before MBNF, MBNF, and sort of the effect that MBNF has had on the watch world. It then has a section on horological machines, everything from the HM1 all the way down to the HM10 Bulldog. <clears throat> it then um, has a section on the legacy machines, everything from the LM1 to the LM Thunderdome. There's a section about co-creations, which are some of the pieces they did with brands like Lepe. Um, and loop systems, and there's obviously a, a, a indexing credit section as well. What's really cool about this is this sort of houses all of the information about MBNF and the pieces that they've released. It talks about some of the, um, it even has things like the uh, limited editions that they've done, like the HM2 black box with Alan, 
uh, Silberstein, um, but many, many other creations are uh, discussed in this book. I'm very excited to get into this because um, I, I obviously love the brand and I think the, the Im images that are used are, are um, phenomenal and allow you to really just fall in love with the, the creations and see a lot of detail around these specific uh, watches. Um, so I encourage you to, you, you to go to the, the uh, MBNF uh, website if you want to see this book. I don't know if they're still available, but I'll put a link in the show notes regardless so that you can see where this book is being sold. If you are interested in, in um, independent brands, I think MBNF is a great place to, 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 um, to go. I think they've really revolutionized what independent watchmaking really is. And I know I mentioned it when I was talking about Omega, but I think this is a brand that definitely pushes things forward when it comes to the creations that they um, are producing and, and allows for us to sort of push ourselves in, 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 you know, what brands are capable of doing. I'll be, I'll definitely be covering this, this book on our website, um, in an article and a video. So stay tuned for that. If you, if you uh, want to check that out, I hope you enjoyed hearing about the Omega chronoscope and the book that I recently picked up. I really am a proponent about books recently because I think it allows you to um, sort of uh, take a more active approach in, in learning about watches because I think a lot of the times your, your, your watch experience can be a little bit cu too curated and lets allow you to sort of spread your wings and explore what you want to, to explore. So definitely check out the show notes for links to both of these things that I've discussed. If you are new to Life on the Wrist, be sure to follow the podcast. And so you are first the first one notified <clears throat> when we upload a podcast. Check out our social medias and our website if you want some more watch content. And if you wouldn't mind rating this podcast, it really does help me out. And with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And until next time.